And this episode is sponsored by our delivery buzz at Canago. Order from local shops to get the best THC-free CBD consumables, Delta 8, non-medicated skin products, cosmetics, essential oils, smoking products, and more right to your doorstep. In partnership with Canago, this month all listeners of the show can receive $10 off their first order. Just use promo code CASHCOLOR10 at checkout. Download their app on iOS and head to their website, trycanago.com, to see what they have for you. Let's be buds. A growing brand out of Boston that is going to be serving the community with some really dope vibes, not just cannabis. So um, without further ado, guys, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see y'all again. (laughs) Honor to be on the show twice. Twice. It was a whole vibe last time. <laughs> but but um for those who don't know, um, like I say, I've been I've been familiar with Kush Groove for a while, and primarily because I've been following the movement on online. Like I remember when, when it was just kind of like the clothes, and I looked up and it was weed and it was all these other things. First off, talk first off, please introduce yourselves and then talk to us about um what you uh, talk to us about Kush Groove and how Kush Groove came to life. I'm Marcus Johnson Smith, uh, one uh, part of Kush Groove. Um, Mike, you can yeah, do your I'm, thing and I'm talk Mike. To I'm Mike, another <laughs> part of Kush Groove. Um, you know, we're both Boston and Cambridge, uh, born and raised in this area. We've been friends for 25 plus years. Yeah. Um, Kush Groove was just birthed out of our love for cannabis and fashion. And our desire to, you know, be entrepreneurs and start a business. So kind of just came, you know, naturally just being friends, wanting to do something that was just based on things that we were, you know, doing every day, which was smoking weed and trying to be fly. That's right. <laughs> That's what's up. And y'all became friends pretty early in life. Like, do you remember when y'all first met each other? Yeah. I, you know, we, we talked, I, I do, or at least, I, you know, we talked about this the last time, but my earliest memory was Mike? Uh, he had he had braids <laughs> at the time, um, and he had uh, the the Latrell Sprewell jersey, and he had just moved into the neighborhood, and it was like this kid, you know, it was like this kid. I think we probably met on a basketball court or something. So he's like this kid uh, with the long hair, with the Latrell Sprewell jersey. And he had the killer crossover. We're like, who is this dude? Where he come from? <laughs> First off, the brazen Latrell Sprewell jersey should have told you he was a menace. Like, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, coming come from Dorchester. Yeah, hey, he was straight corner coming to the bridge. It was, it was an adjustment. Yeah, so that that was my first memory uh, of Mike for sure. That is hilarious, Mike. You still got that crossover? Nah, I don't cross <laughs> over as fast no more. It's like slow motion. It looked like a 2K replay. <laughs> but we do know that you crossed over from the streets to the legal side. We do know yeah. this. The crossovers still do work in a little yeah, bit yeah. of way. But prior to getting into the legal side, I know that, Mike, you got your own little background of being in the legacy market, man. Can you um, yeah, briefly yeah. talk to us about that, like how you discovered cannabis the first time on the legacy side? It was just like, to be honest, just being at school at Northeastern and just everybody around me smoked, you know what I'm saying? And I realized I was going to get it for everybody I knew because I knew the guy. And then it just organically developed into, you know, something that just happened every single day for a long time. You know what I mean? 
Bro, you better than me. Like, I remember my, my one time selling weed was in college, and my boy Callie gave me a bag. And I remember him saying, bro, it's going to go quick. And by the time people kept knocking on my door, by the last time somebody knocked on my door at 3 a.m., I remember giving him that bag back and say, bro, this ain't for me. <laughs> this, ain't, this ain't my job. This is somebody else's job here, bro. So you better you better than me, man. So, um, But the, the two of you combined came together with a super dope brand. But that brand was initially based more off fashion, correct? Correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And cannabis. It was fashion, but with just like cannabis messaging or focused on the cannabis culture. Yeah, you had the really dope logos. I mean, the really dope um, mascot as well with the turtle and everything. Like, it was a really cool vibe if you saw it when I saw it the first time. I was like, oh, this is dope as shit. I just like the name, like the, the energy that y'all give him. It was really cool how y'all came up with that. And I think that the fashion, tying in the fashion was probably a good entry point for you guys as far as really getting into the business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, when you think about the timing too, right? It was, it was uh, early, it was, well, 2011. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's it's like early Wiz Khalifa era, right? Where where it's it's a little after Snoop Dogg era, where it was commercial from for, for commercialized from his generation, yeah. but for the for the for the uh Wiz Khalifa era, it was like the the social media generation, right? Mm -hmm. And so for us, that's kind of where we found our our lane. And just being at that at that time, um, coming with the fashion at the social media era, uh, when it was like the the Wiz, Wiz Khalifa's turn as like the 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 model of what cannabis culture was uh, for for our culture. I love it, man. You're talking about the blog era back when it was like Wiz, the currencies, the yeah, almost like Casey Veggies and all them. Like people was discovering yeah, music and Bud at the same time. A, Mm -hmm. All of them, shout out Smoke Dizzle, all of them, and we connected with all of them in some in some capacity, uh, whenever they they came to Boston, right? And so that was, again, a, another part of our story, um, uh, going through going through this era was like connecting with hip hop, uh, when they came through the Boston the Boston region. Yeah. So um, going and getting into the legal side is never easy, especially from the point of view that y'all are coming through with having an actual storefront that's going to actually sell. But talk to us about the, the moment you realize, like, look, this is going to be the next evolution of our brand. And what was it like bringing Kush Groove to life from the perspective of now it's a dispensary and now we actually have flour and we're trying to grow? Mike, you want to? Yeah, I mean, I think for us it was just like the 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 big thing, right? Like we know, um, you know, there's there's still so much untapped potential we have with the brand and the merchandise itself, but the opportunity that was like right in front of us that a lot of people weren't really recognizing just yet was that the legalization was going to happen, and how can we position ourselves to be in the position that we are in today? And we knew from the get go, you know, we already had retail experience with our Mission Hill store and our Central Square store. How do we, you know, use our skills and our knowledge and our community that we have that we built to kind of just go to the next step? And the dispensary was just like a no-brainer, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, oh, go ahead, Mark. And, and to Mike's point about this being the big thing, the big thing for us was the brand and the brand being something that represented cannabis. And throughout our journey, to sustain to get to the to the to the to the big thing we've always kind of pivoted so we've pivoted with uh the apparel the accessories 
We pivoted with the smoke shops that we had. We pivoted with the cannabis uh, edibles that uh, brand that we have, our slow and steady edibles. And, and now we pivoted towards the big thing, right? And so for us, it's just been sustaining over time as as Kush Groove being the brand for cannabis and 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 pivoting with these different products um, in different lanes that we've we've taken on. Yeah. So what were some of the biggest hoops and ladders that you had to that you had to get over when it came to, you know, saying just kind of launching the brand and kind of getting into actual business? Like what was the steps that you had to take and what were some of the hardest moves, I guess, that to before you got to the point where you actually had an open store? Um, first realizing that, you know, it's actually a real business, you know, I think when you first start something, you're, you know, the excitement takes over, you you know, you just, you know, giving out a lot of free stuff and just trying to just get the word out there seems to be like the most important thing. And then you kind of like pull back, like, okay, we actually are doing this because we're trying to make some money. You know what I mean? Like that's the, that's the whole point of the business. So I think that was one of the first things that we had to learn. Um, also just like, you know, building confidence over time that you did have something that the people wanted. Because initially when you put it out there, you you know, you're a little hesitant to how people are going to react. Are they going to think it's silly? And think, you know, we did this 10 years ago, 11 years ago, when people weren't really vocal about their cannabis usage. So how were we going to put this out there and be accepted or know it with these, how we could build this community of people? Where are they? Are they going to be, uh, are they going to gravitate towards the brand or are they going to still stay in the closet as closet smokers? So that was like a little bit of a challenge. But once we put it out there, we realized, you know, what we got and people were looking for something to be a part of. And Kush Groove became that over time. And, we, you know, in this New England area, people were like, oh, I smoke. I know Kush Groove. It's like it, it kind of goes hand in hand now. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 I believe that. But, you know, um, even even through those parts, even though the even through the beginning of opening up Kush Groove and trying to start your own village and, and, and nurture the community that you're around, there still had to be some hiccups here and there. Like, what would you feel like were some of the biggest things that you had to learn about your, about the business in order for you to be successful starting off? I think. Um, speaking from my experience is just learning over learning different things about business and learning it over time <clears throat> i mean business knowledge is never absolute or absolute right there's always something you can learn about business in every sector of the business right like you you could be a master at marketing but you might not know anything about accounting right or you you could be a master at accounting and not know anything about taxes so there's so many different things to learn about the business. And I think for me, it's just over time, um, learning more about business and about different areas of business and, and that information compounding itself. So you have a deeper understanding of your business overall. Mm -hmm. No, um, I, th I spoke to you all about this last time, but um, when it comes to consuming weed, I'm not probably... I've yet to get my rhythm when it comes to going to dispensaries. It's just not my thing just yet. And I feel like eventually that that, that generation of people who are going to consistently go to dispensaries is growing. It's going to be there eventually. But it's just, I feel like it's just not me. What would you how do you approach people who are like myself, who are more used to 
I hate to say this, man, but I'm a, I'm a black market shopper. You know what I mean? Like I'm used to going to a guy. I'm used to going to a dude with 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 with, with um, locks in his head and a Latrell Speedwell shirt who's standing there by Elmont <laughs> yeah. Park. I'm used to doing that. Yeah, how yeah. do you how do you approach this the generation that's like me who thinks that going to a dispensary is still kind of an awkward moment? Um, I would say, first of all, there's nothing to be afraid of. I mean, like, you know, sometimes it can be a little intimidating for folks who've never been to a dispensary, but um, it's just it's just another retail store with an elevated shopping experience. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I would say that, like, the benefits are, you know, the products that you're getting. No offense to, to, to your weed guy. Right. You know, like, but he doesn't even know at times, um, you know, if his products are 100 percent safe. If there's any additives or chemicals, things like that, we know that here at the dispensary or any dispensary that those products go through a rigorous testing phase and those products are safe. So we could always guarantee that as busy as your weed man is or how 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 much stuff he got, he will never have the menu and assortment that a dispensary has. And you could also come and get introduced to new products, right? Like me, I've always been a consumer of bud, flower. Um, and over the time, because of dispensaries and access to products, I've tried new things, you know what I mean? Because it's accessible and I know that it's safe. Um, so I, I would say that's that's another big benefit. And then just the knowledge of the bud tenders, right? Like they're always up to date on, on product knowledge and can offer you different things like and, and whatever it is you're seeking out. Um, if you have an ailment or you're just smoking recreationally, they'll be here to to advise you on what's the best products to take. That's an awesome answer. <laughs> I was just about to say, I'm like, man, yeah. that was a great answer. Everything I thought of responding to that question, my brother gave it right there. So I don't have anything else to add. Yeah, that is that's a really good that is a really good answer. And, that's, and, it's, and somebody like myself, I'm still gonna have to be baby stepped into this. Like, I would definitely go shop with y'all because I on GP, but mm -hmm. to be a consistent um, customer, I feel like that's gonna be hard initially for me i'm eventually going to get into it but right now it's still kind of hard for me to walk into a store and be like hmm give me this 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 and this and walk outside and still feel comfortable about what i did yeah. well one way to look at it too right is like with your fruits and vegetables you might go get some of those at the farmer's market or you might also get those at a supermarket right you still have both of those uh options for distribution and i think it's not a bad thing to have both of those options as a cannabis consumer, right? From someone who grows uh, in, in a small confined environment at home, in their backyard, whatever the case be, and or uh, go into a retail store with, you know, like Mike said, all those other things that a retail experience could offer you. It's not a bad thing to have both of those options, right? And I think over time, we want more people like you to to exercise both of those options, but more on the retail side. And as you get more familiar with the retail side, you'll get more comfortable with the experience. Another good answer. Yeah, yeah, y'all are definitely prepared for today. Man. I appreciate that. <laughs> now, but but I think this this also goes to the audience we're communicating to in in our interests in our, in 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 who we all are and 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 how we're reflected in this industry right like we're real ones of the industry when you have this uh this fear or this this uh this feeling of not wanting to go into a dispensary it's because for the most part 
the dispensary industry isn't run by people that look like us. No. It isn't run by people that have the care for the culture. And so we want folks to come into our dispensary that look like us because our staff are going to look like us. We're going to have the same care and interest about the plant and, uh, and, and, and our feeling for it and how it makes us feel. And so we want to express that and extend that to, to our customer base in a different way that other dispensaries haven't been able to do that because their leadership doesn't reflect the same interests and the same values that we do. And I like that because one thing, my next question was going to be about MSOs. And I feel like one thing that you do very well is you're connecting with the community. And that's not something that a box store or in this case, an MSO can necessarily do because you're not, you're not rooted to the community. You just happen to have a license. Um, speak to us about com competing with MSOs and why is it that your stance of just making sure that you nurture the community and the community that you're in is the best approach to be able to attack this? Well, let me start by saying this, right? Like, I think at a basic level, there's two reasons why you get your cannabis from who you get your cannabis from. It's the quality, right? Well, there's a couple of reasons, right? It's the quality, it's the price, and who you get it from, mm -hmm. right? And if you have that, if you can serve, um, if you can serve the quality factor, if you can serve the, the price factor, and if you can serve that customer service factor, you could compete against any large entity, uh, uh, whatever dominating factor that they have, whatever uh, over-resource factors that they have, right? If you can, if you can kind of serve those three areas, the, the quality, the price, and that customer service, I feel like you can compete against any big box entity, any MSO entity, whoever's over-resource if they don't, you know, serve those three areas. Mm. Mike, yeah. are you going to chime in? I think the only true advantage, not only true advantage, but the biggest advantage MSOs have is the resources they have available so they can get licensed. Once we're licensed, it's like an even playing field, like Marcus is saying. If we could touch on those three aspects of the business, it's an even playing field. So who can do it the best? I think the MSOs just have a, a huge advantage in, in getting licensed. Yeah. And they've also been at the the the... They've been having issues just even surviving, like a lot of MSOs. We've been seeing this from California to just across the country, that MSOs are actually having a hard time surviving because of people like yourself. Like you mentioned, it's more about how you are approaching the community you're in and the product you're at. The thing I love the most about cannabis is I feel like this is the one industry that you can't just be a celebrity. You just can't be a big name and come in and just dominate. It's always going to be a level playing field, like you mentioned. All I need is my license, like you got your license. All I need is an opportunity like you had, and I can still have the same. I, I can still make sure I have a brand as big as yours. So, yeah, I feel like you're right. You don't have to. You shouldn't. That shouldn't be a worrisome thing for you guys. You have a great marketing um, plan, which is market to our community. And I, I think our consumers are, are some of the most conscious consumers of, of all. Like, I think they get it. Like, these, there are some small mom and pop operators who deserve this opportunity. And if we don't support them, then they'll go out of business. So they'll, you know, I, I think they're conscious of that. And, they, and, and it shows in their purchasing behavior where they go. Yeah. Uh, we hear that discussion a lot. Yeah. And one thing else about Kush, about Kush Groove is that you actually have your own products. You know, like you 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 branched out from to edibles and and you branched out to edibles and you branched out into the flower. Speak to us about getting into the business from that perspective, man, and, and having the possibility of having your own Kush Groove branded products in other stores aside from your own store. 
Yeah, I think we started the brand as a as a product as a consumer product business, right? Really appealing to our customer base, our audience, right? So we started with what we what we had the resources to start with, which was the t-shirts and the apparel and such. We pivoted uh, into the retail space where we was able to sell, you know, the product was the retail store, right? But it was uh, the the, the smoke shop accessories, things of that nature. The next pivot was then cannabis products, excuse me, which was was our our cannabis uh, slow and steady edibles that we had in the market. And they've been in the Massachusetts uh, recreational and uh, medical market for about uh, a year, maybe like a year and a, and a quarter now. <clears throat> and again, getting into into that was just uh, exercising our 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 opportunities in the space, serving our customer base, starting from the T-shirts to the accessories, the retail and the cannabis products. And it's just, again, being this recognizing where this consumer brand, consumer products brand and just developing products that align with our customer interests at every pivot stage. Awesome, awesome. So, have you have you had a chance to try your own supply? To try your own products? Like, which which one is your favorites? Yeah, we had to try before we put it out there. <laughs> we had to both sign off. So, do you have a favorite amongst your products? Like between the edibles and the flower? Like, which one do you prefer? Uh, right now, we just have the edibles. We're still okay. working on the flower. Um, we're gonna have a pre roll pack coming out soon. Um, but the the edibles we have four different flavors, and and my personal favorite is a uh, is a passion fruit. Right passion fruit. Mark, yeah, mine's, the, um, mine's the sour sauce. That's what's up, man. So I, I definitely got to come shop with y'all, man. Try try out some of these edibles. You know, I know y'all been friends for a long time. Who do you feel like is is the biggest smoker between the two of you? <laughs> I I think it used to be me. But, but now it's uh Marcus got that. Yeah, he passed the he passed the torch. Yeah, yeah. Why do I feel like, bro? You keep trying to you keep trying to act like you're a retired savage. Like you you can't Yo, let, let like, that go once you had the Spreewell jersey. Like that's I just, I, I, <laughs> you can't hang like that no more, man. I love the fact that y'all what y'all do really is um super creative. And I think you're you're tailoring your brand, Kush Grew, to a, a, a market that um a younger demographic that I feel like a lot of people don't really really know how to to tap in with, especially by combining the artwork, the the music aspect of it, and the good quality flower. Um with that said, I know y'all are plans to branch out soon. Like what are the plans to keep to to bring this dope vibe and this dope message across the state to other places? Well, yeah, we got we got our three licenses right now. Uh, Cambridge locations, the first location that's up and operational. Um, our second location, uh, Brockton, our third location in Boston will be all operational this year. And for us, the whole the whole idea is to just like execute on this concept here in Massachusetts first and, you know, take take it on the road uh, where the opportunities lie ahead of us. That's wild, man. That's wild. Y'all have grown a lot in a very, it's apparently a short amount of time. Um, looking back at over, over the last 10 years, let's say even 15 years, how shocked would a younger you be that you're doing what you're doing right now? I'm, I'd be really shocked because <laughs> when I was younger, I thought I thought I would die. Like I'd be in a wheelchair with a cane before we became legal. 
that that whole it progressed so quickly. It you know, did. Like, like to, you know, 2005, you probably going to jail for life for like having a, a big load of weed. Now it's like a slap on the wrist. I would never thought I would see that. And then to to be here speaking about it on camera with the whole shitload of it in, on the other side of this wall is like the young me would be shocked. And the neighborhood that we grew up in with, you know, me and Marcus. Was just, I feel you. I'd be shocked, too. Yeah. I'd, look I'd be at shocked, like, too. Like, how the hell did this happen? I would have bet everything on it that it wouldn't. this would not be where we at. Uh, I look. I would look up and be like, wait, wait, what, what happened? We have a black president and then we, then we yeah. got legal? Like, what the hell happened yeah. between the these two people? I've been Yeah. I think here's, here's the caveat of how I'd answer that answer, though, right? I think if we... If we're this age looking at the two of us at a younger age, I think it's feasible to see, all right, I can see those guys doing something successful like this, mm. right? I think that was obvious. Like, we we have our, 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 our OGs that, you know, we still cool with from the neighborhood of, you know, 20, 30 years, and they've remarked like, you know, we've always kind of seen you guys have kind of being, you know, uh, uh, having the possibility of being successful. So I think from their perspective, um, you know, it or sharing from their perspective, it's, it was, it's easy to say like, man, those two young kids could have did something like this. If this was to happen, you know, 20 years ago, 20 years after. Salute, salute, man. I know last time we had spoke briefly, I'd asked you about if there was any rapper you could you could um, collab with, who would it be? And you almost gave me you almost gave me a break, some breaking news about some some people you might be working with around the city. I know you ain't gonna give me that today, but who who if you could deal with the MC in this space right now and collab with them on a Kush Groove project, who would it be? I I, I would collab with Snoop. Just because, like, he was such a big influence in my life. I know he's, like, the go-to cannabis guy and everyone would expect that. But, like, he's just been a big influence, you know what I mean, in my life. And then also, like, he seems like the coolest dude to, to spend time with. And you can learn a lot from him. And he doesn't seem like he has a worry in the world. And that's the kind of, like, attitude and approach I want to have to life. And if that can, you know, that energy and vibe can rub off, I, I want to be a part of that and work with someone who, who, who works like that. That's the look. Snoop done beat him a murder trial, and now he's wearing Skechers. Like that man is yeah. definitely in a, a more relaxed space than we could ever understand. Exactly. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie though. I I agree one trillion percent with with Mike's recommendation. And shit, I'm part of Kush Group, so if it was gonna happen, it's gonna happen with me anyways, right? But I'd actually want to do it with Diddy. Ooh, yeah, got some I love think- love weed. I, I don't know. I don't know what we gonna do, but you know, Diddy's in the game. Diddy been he ain't been about uh, been about weed the way Snoop has over time, but I, he's gradually gone uh, uh, more public with his consumption as an individual, and then he's invested in cannabis. So I'd want to fuck with Diddy. That's wild. If I had a chance to, I think my 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 go-to person would have been Smoke Dizza. Like I think that Dizza is so paired to the hip hop and the weed industry. Like he's a cool nigga. He got the cool. He got a podcast now. Like I would definitely be like, yo, Dizza, let's get into this game together. Yeah, Dizza is legit for yeah. sure. I like and that. he can outsmoke me easily. Like like I know I ain't got the lungs to hang with <laughs> Dizza. I already know this already, man. So um, 
another thing I love about you guys is the family affair of, of the business. You know what I mean? From the bud tenders to you two. You know, just everybody in here is not just a group of people you just kind of pulled off the street and said, here's the job. It's like some folks you kind of knew as people that you helped cultivate. Um, speak to us about the importance of the family vibe around Kush Group. I mean, I I think it's I think it's part of our success. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we respect each other because we are family, we're brothers, and I think we both equally want to see each other win. And then that like trans uh, transfers over to the, our employees and, and the folks that we've had on our team. Like, they feel that energy and that vibe, and they feel part of the Kush Group family. Um, we've had employees who's worked for us at our previous um, smoke shops. Obviously, you know, those are no longer in operation, but we're still in communication with them. Like they come to our birthday parties. Um, we still, you know, reach out here and there, see how everyone's doing. So once you're part of the Kush Group fam, it's forever because of the way that we like carry ourselves and we treat our peers. I think it's very important. You know what I mean? So it's all love. It's all fam. Once you, you know, you come around or you support the brand or come to one of our events, like we don't forget that. You know what I mean? And, and, and that support is what got us here. So we always extend that love back to folks. And I think that's that's been key. I love that, man. And, and our team has really been, over time, has been built up over our friends from high school. It's been built up, uh, my mother, my mother works for us now. It's been built up of people that have walked into the store and literally became friends and like, you need a job? I bet. Come on the team. Um, it, it's been from... <laughs> the 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 young uh uh what's his name from next door that was in the uh the nonprofit that was at the you know the community center not uh next door from our from our shop and we recruited him so all of our our team and our quote unquote employees have just been recruited really organically and to Mike's point has been you know kind of has moved on into this space of family now. So, man. All right. So before we get out of here, let people know how they could connect with y'all on social media, how they could actually shop if they are in the um, Boston or Cambridge area, how they could support y'all in any kind of way. Um, so everything Kush Groove, kushgroove.com, K-U-S-H-G-R-O-O-V-E, um, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, all of that. Uh, KG Collective, uh, KG underscore uh, Head Shop, KG underscore Dispensary, um, KG Cush uh, Groove Clothing, CushGrooveClothing.com. Uh, anything you just put in Google Cush Groove is all going to show up. Solid man, and you know, like I said, when I'm coming, I'm gonna come up to this. I'm coming up to Boston. I think in March, maybe early April. I definitely want to be a guest bud tender, man. Like, let, let me come through it. And, and now we gotta figure that out. Like, we gotta just through. figure that system out. You know, we we gotta get you badge and shit. Yeah, we have to just like figure that out and like. Do I gotta take a drug test? Nah, nah, nah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm with it. Just, just give me a heads up, man. I'll go get some U pass if I need to. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. You good? You good? This is this is the HR department right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike, Marcus, I appreciate y'all for coming back the second time. I definitely got the audio together. Trust me, the audio was right this round. We're gonna be dropping this on Monday so everybody can hear the greatness of Kush Grove, Kush Groove, man. I'm definitely a supporter of you, brothers. And like I said, I'm definitely gonna come up to the city and I want to be a butt a butt tender. So get my badge together. Nah, I got you, man. Set that up. <laughs> that's what's up. That's time, what's up. Man. 
We we just got to we just got to make sure your Corey passed though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be too crazy, you know what I mean? We ain't got drug test you. You just got to make sure that Corey passed though, bro. Oh man, we we gonna make we gonna make this work. We gonna make this work. I appreciate you, brothers. Likewise, man. Thank you for having us. That's Cash Color Cannabis High Level of Conversation. We have. And this episode is sponsored by our delivery buzz at Canago. Order from local shops to get the best THC-free CBD consumables, Delta 8, non-medicated skin products, cosmetics, essential oils, smoking products, and more right to your doorstep. In partnership with Canago, this month all listeners of the show can receive $10 off their first order. Just use promo code CASHCOLOR10 at checkout. Download their app on iOS and head to their website, trycanago.com, to see what they have for you. Let's be buds.